listening to episode 45, chapter 3 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Don Everts. Don Everts is the Content Development Manager in the Global Ministries Division for Lutheran Hour Ministries. A poet and preacher at heart, Don speaks at conferences and churches across the country, inviting skeptics and believers alike to gaze at Jesus and be thrilled. Don spent the last decade working in the local church and 14 years before that working on college campuses with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Whether in the church or on campus, Don has walked with non-Christians as they discover the person of Jesus and has worked with Christians in being able to fruitfully do the same in their own relationships. There are three habits Don found that correlate to having a spiritually vibrant home. In other words, spiritually vibrant homes often practiced three things. The good news is that creating a spiritually vibrant home doesn't mean being perfect. Instead, it often comes from messy prayers together, loud tables during mealtimes, and open doors of hospitality. In this chapter, Don unpacks a few tips on how you can begin to create a spiritually vibrant home with these three practices. Okay, so let's talk about uh, messy prayers then uh, for a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, we've got these three habits. that are sort of the uh, well. Well, how would you describe them? The, the, what are the three habits specifically uh, measures of, or, or, or if they are present, we can be sure that we have spiritually vibrant homes. Yeah, and it, it, and it all has to do with correlation, right? I mean, the researchers are very careful that, that you know we're not proving causation. We're not yeah. proving if you do these things, you will have a spiritually vibrant home, but there is a correlation and. And likewise, if if these things are not there, that's actually a risk factor mm-hmm. uh, for for spiritual vibrancy, and and so and and so again, there. So one is messy prayers, and and really that's kind of a holder phrase for interacting with people in your household with God together through prayer or through the Bible primarily, uh, and so some kind of regular something in in the Bible and regular something in prayer, where those things are happening. There is a correlation to greater spiritual vibrancy in the home. So, I mean, there's no rocket science there, right? Oh, prayer and Bible that, you know, that's not shocking. It's not shocking necessarily, but uh, it it, it is confirming and and it is sort of, um, uh, you know, then you can ask all sorts of practical questions from that in, in terms of, well, how do you, how do you do that in your, in your household? And what if you have people of different ages and what if not everyone in your household is a Christian, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, how do, you know, any any household can say, how do we try to stir that fire a little bit more? You know, how do, how do we try to add another log on, on the fire in our household in terms of initiating prayers, in terms of doing something uh, in, 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 in the scripture? You know, in, in our household or in our class, you know, there were people who they started writing scripture on uh, on the walls of their house. Uh, using dry erase markers, you can write on mirrors and windows, you know, and they kind of have the scripture of the week. Um, you know, for me, I, um, I, I ran into this great liturgy book, uh, called, uh, every moment holy, which is these great, like 
it's a liturgy for your morning coffee, liturgy for changing a diaper, liturgy for a household getting a new dog. I mean, it's all these like everyday uh, written prayers. And I, so I just started doing that more in my home. Uh, you know, I'm kind of even as a pastor, I'm a little more private in my prayer life. And I like being careful with words. So that was that was like my I started seeing this research and I'm like, I need to I need to be praying more in my household. And so I just started pulling out this liturgy book more. And and, you know, my kids are all teenagers and they tease me about it. Uh, you know, something will happen now and they'll say, hey, dad, is there a liturgy for that? You know, they kind of tease me. But <laughs> <laughs> but we're praying more. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 I just you know, I'm like, I don't care if it's awkward. I, mm. I want it to happen. I, I want to to be in prayer more and so there's all these lists that we can do to just nudge to nudge the household forward a little bit right that 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 has to be uh when when uh, when we were talking about this in our class some people just felt really guilty or really like oh man i'm you know you know my we don't do that as a household and it's like we well, don't you don't have to go from zero to a hundred you know what's the next step how, how can you nudge it up just a little bit that's good so Honestly, like the last th three to six months, my wife and I have been trying to be really intentional about having set devotional times and we can mm -hmm. do really well for like a week and then it starts to drop off just because, mm -hmm. I don't know, yeah, life. Life, life gets crazy. <laughs> but, uh, and then after that happens though, at least I, I won't speak for my wife, but I start to feel guilty because somehow I'm failing as the spiritual leader. But what I found, uh, in the aftermath of that uh, is that I'm, I'm having more and more opportunities for just little conversations. So like, for yeah. example, um, I, I really enjoyed this today, right before I was getting ready to leave the house to go to my, uh, my job, which technically right now we're not supposed to, but I'm one of the essential yeah. <laughs> yeah. in the essential category. That's right. So I had a good reason to leave, but, uh, my, so my, my five-year-old son uh, asked me if he could show me uh, some of the Bible stories that he's been drawing. And he took a, a regular, like, college-ruled, wide-ruled notebook, uh, just blank pages, and was drawing out panels of uh, the story of Adam and Eve and the story of Noah and the Ark. Hmm. And he just he said, I want to I show you my Bible stories. And they were... Um, the, the pictures were actually not bad. Like, even for the arc, he had a half-drawn arc that wasn't fully finished. And then he had another one on the next page that was fully finished huh. where the waters were getting ready to come in. Oh, nice. And uh, so we never had a, a set devotional time for that. But yeah. he just happened to be drawing something. And so we talked about it for two minutes until all of a sudden it was like, oh, hey, look at that person outside the window. And the, the, the conversation just totally... Yep. The, yep. the conversation just totally shifted directions. And yep. so I'm finding that uh, kind of like what you're talking about, we don't have to have these super somber mm -hmm. uh, moments to be spiritually vibrant. It's, it's really about just those little everyday moments where when things come up, you talk about them or when it, when the opportunity yeah. arises, you pray for 10 seconds, 15 seconds. That's right. You just go live. Yeah. The, I mean, messy prayers, you know, was, is the first habit. The second one is loud tables, just talking about your faith with each other, just, just what you're talking about. And again, it, it's not, you don't have to preach about the faith. You don't, you know, you don't have to lead an elegant, you know, household worship time. I mean, great if you can, 
but it's those little like pull aside comments, you know, driving in the car, uh, around the dinner table, um, having a loud table, having a family that talks a lot with each other, um, it helps the faith grow. And here, here's another encouraging thing. If you like food and fun, uh, <laughs> food, and, food and fun, uh, in the research, uh, seem to be sort of catalysts for spiritual vibrancy, because if a whole household is together, the, uh, the, the odds are they're around a table eating food. Mm. Uh, and whether that's out at a restaurant, whether that's at the home, uh, the, the family, if, if everyone's together, they're most likely eating. And, uh, and so the encouraging thing about that is, uh, Families that do a lot of things together, like have fun, play, etc., tend to have more spiritual conversations with each other, and they tend to do some prayer life and Bible life uh, together. And so it's like you say, it's being interactive, having an atmosphere where your kid feels safe to show you a picture and talk about it or, you know, hey, what do you guys think of the sermon today over dinner on Sunday night? You know, it's those simple little little things that we can do that increase having messy prayers and loud tables. Um, you, you know, what this idea, though, uh, that you're talking about, you know, like if we incorporate this into our lives, it really speaks to this idea of what is our identity as a family unit? Again, like like our first step in creating a lifestyle of discipleship is to know your identity. But even that's a very individualistic know your identity, like know who you are yep. as a beloved child of God. And that's yep. an important one. But as you talk about, you know, in your chapter two on like what it what it means to be a household, like twenty one hundred times that it's mentioned in scripture. These are like yep. massive gatherings yep. of extended families and um, even friends or workers that, you know, are just somehow mm -hmm. part of that family. And um, we don't really have that same sense of household identity uh, like they did back then. But a lot of what you're talking about here would be a way to develop that household identity to say, like, we're the kind of household that talks about our faith like that, like when we're in the car. That's right. In fact, one of the things, because of that, exactly what you're talking about, kind of self-identifying this, uh, one of the things that Luther and I are, you know, we learn from the research, then we create resources that, based on what we learned. And one of the things that we made was a, a deck of cards, we call it the Vibrant Conversation Deck, and it's a regular set of cards, but you can play, you know, games with it or whatever. But each card has a conversation starter on it, you know, to, to help spark conversations. And then the other thing, this, uh, what you were saying made me think of this, is we, we made these refrigerator magnets that's a pad of paper and has a household at the top. It says spiritually vibrant household. And then it has the three habits. And then it says, as for me and my household, we will. And then you choose together. Okay, for the month of May, you write May. We're going to work on and you choose one of the three habits. Hmm. And then you say bye. And then you, what are we going to do? So you could say we're going to. Uh, as for me, my household for May, we're going to work on loud tables by um, talking about the sermon over dinner on Sunday night or doing a s conversation starter card um, every morning. Or we're going to work on prayer this month by doing nighttime prayers together. It's And, and then you put it on the fridge. And, and the whole point is it, it, it helps the, everyone in the household say our household is a thing and our household matters. And we are trying to grow as a household. It kind of makes it explicit and it puts it on the fridge, which is uh, oft visited by everyone in the household. Yep. 
I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that actually when I get home tonight. I'm gonna talk to my wife about that. That's good. Yeah, for sure. I do want to point out one thing that uh, I mean, this kind of goes back to your book, uh, the first part in this in this research series. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're we're intimidated by trying to start uh, new spiritual practices like this, and we're afraid to have conversations. We're afraid to mm-hmm. um, do new new things spiritually because I think we're we're afraid of uh, like you had mentioned in that in that book, the reluctant witness uh, rejection, or we're afraid that uh, uh, we're not going to have a good time. But like the research uh, that you found shows, people do actually enjoy those things and feel better about themselves and about life after yeah. those things have occurred. Yeah. And so, I, I just want to kind of add a add an amen to this that uh, <laughs> if you're nervous or intimidated about starting some of these things. Um, Man, just jump in because the the research shows that you feel better and you're happier when you do. Yeah, that's right. It, it turns out God knew what He was talking about when he, when He invited <laughs> us, uh, when He called us to do these things. That's right. And it does feel weird. I guess I want to acknowledge that too. It does feel weird that you would be intimidated to have these conversations, um, like with your children and you know, yeah. and your spouse especially. But that man, that fear is real. And like, for some reason, even I, having gone to Bible college and seminary, am intimidated to have a lot of these conversations with my, my six and four year old for, I have no idea what, I mean, well, I, well for me, I think it's, it's the enemy. Like, I think it is a spiritual battle that, that does yeah. happen. I think it's because I yeah. feel like I'm not going to be enough or I'm not going to do it right. Well, and that's definitely, I think yeah. that is, that that's definitely part of it. Um, yeah. I, yeah, and that that's true. But like, one of the things that made me happy was that my daughter came to me recently because she realized you know, we're not going to church. And she's like, Hey, I want to go to church. And, uh, I'm like, sorry, baby, we can't go to church. And, you know, all that stuff. It's like, how are we going to learn about Jesus? And so <laughs> I said, I said, we will have to, you know, we will do this. And so it's definitely a practice that I know we need to incorporate into my family life. And I think this whole quarantine situation gives oh, yeah. us a great opportunity to do that. Um, but it did blow my mind. It did blow my daughter's mind that I knew about Jesus and that I could talk to her about that. So um, I think I may have failed somewhere like at this point, but, uh, you know, definitely need to start having some more of these, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> these loud table uh, yeah. moments. Yeah. So. That's right. That's right. Um, so then let's talk about open doors, uh, because this was another really cool one um, that, again, I would never have expected to show up on the list. Yeah, yeah, nor, nor we or the researchers. We were, we were surprised to find out that there is a strong correlation between hospitality and spiritual vibrancy. In fact, this is the one that the researchers, researchers get the closest to talking about causation. Uh, and they're, you know, they're very, uh, they, they don't do that a lot, but they're yeah. like, there's very strong correlation between having an open door. So that's, and, and basically what that means is that you have regular uh, visitors into your home uh, monthly. And, and these, can be, these can be people that you're related to. They can be friends. They can be people from your church. They can be professionals, like a tutor comes over or a healthcare worker comes over. Uh, it can be your daughter's boyfriend. It can be friends of your kids. It can be your grandkids coming over. What they found was, and and again, they're trying to figure out like why does this work? Um, because, but but there's it, there's an uptick, a strong uptick in spiritual vibrancy 
when this is the case. And it doesn't matter. It, it's true for households that are inviting people in as sort of an, as an act of hospitality, right? As, just as we're called to, to invite foreigners, strangers, we're invited to uh, welcome people into our homes. But it's also true if they're inviting people in because they need help. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I don't know how to do my taxes. And, you know, Grandpa, will you come over and help me do my taxes? Or um, we're struggling with, fi- you know, whatever it is, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're inviting people into your home to help you or to help them. The mm-hmm. result is the same. The spiritual vibrancy goes up. And and that and and the flip side of this coin, and I think this is uh, this was what was most shocking to me, to insulate your home, like to or to insulate your household from other people, uh, is actually a risk factor spiritually. And so that you know, I I tend to think of like I want to pro- we're tempted to think I want to protect my household from the fallen world out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yet the reality is that creating a kind of cul-de-sac just for your house or your household isn't good for them. Uh, and, 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 this is, and, and this is significant because, you know, there, there's kind of, you know, sociologists talk about there's kind of, kind of chronic loneliness uh, is, is on the rise. A uh, quarter of all America, uh, adult Americans live on their, live on their own. Uh, we were looking at uh, one of the questions we asked also was about, you know, do you have many people over to your house? And it, it was striking the number of uh, practicing Christian households who said, I have no one over to my house on a regular basis. Mm. And so um, th- there, this one is is also like all kingdom of God things, a little bit on its head of maybe what we would expect. But it's also beautiful and it confirms what God says in scripture, which is, you know, if you open your door, that like, that's how to live life. Um, and I, and it's beautiful to see in play, you know, we, we have people in our household who, you know, some of them are Christians. And so they have this really, you know, Bosetti is this Nigerian American woman in our church that no one in our church knew what to do with her. And, you know, we had her over, she's become, she's become part of our extended household mm-hmm. and how, and my kids get to hear her talk about her faith and hear her pray at the dinner table. And and we have non-Christians over. And my kids get to see us, love them, and interact with them and answer their questions. And somewhere in the midst of all that, what what the research tells us is that that it helps our faith grow and the faith of all those in our household. Yeah, I mean, we're really at that point. You even mentioned that there was a, a couple friends of yours that moved uh, into like the same neighborhood or just a couple blocks away. Just so, I mean, that is really taking this idea seriously of of living life together, and that we are being the body of Christ. And and you're, I mean, you're you're being joined together with other people's lives. And so, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, when when you're taking your faith. When you're taking steps to follow Christ that seriously, I mean, it almost can't help but yield some sort of spiritual vibrancy like that. I mean, I know we're not necessarily talking causation, but I, I think yeah. I think yeah. that intention is probably the biggest catalyst for the result in, in all of this is, are we intentional about this? Yeah. And, um, and so I think that's what I'm taking away the most from your research is just that, man, this is a great opportunity to sit down, to intentionally think about some things and to intentionally put some, 
practices and create some rhythms in our homes that can really lead us uh, to being bound together more as a family and then to grow together as a household following uh, Christ. When it comes to spiritual growth, we tend to think that we need to approach it in a super serious way. After all, the spiritual vibrancy of our homes is important, and so we want to do the right things well. But many of us get in our own way when it comes to approaching something important like this. We get stuck in decision paralysis because we feel the weight of the decisions that must be made. Prayer time, for instance, is an important time to demonstrate to the children just what a good prayer looks like and why they should be quiet when we pray at church. We can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get things right, and so we either delay taking action or we ruin the experience by being too overbearing. But the good news is about messy prayers, loud tables, and open doors is that we don't have to get everything right in order to create a vibrant home life. Simply being brave enough to take action and awkwardly fumble your way through a family prayer time could be what it takes to show your family the love of Christ. So I want to challenge you to do something with your family that you haven't done before. Maybe you need to have a family devotional time. Or maybe it's as simple as putting a piece of paper on the refrigerator so each person can write down something they are thankful for each day. Whatever it is, expect it to be awkward at first. And don't let it discourage you. Try to have fun with it. Because when the entire family is able to enjoy seeking God together you will succeed in creating a spiritually vibrant home. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Don's work, check out lhm.org. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation where Don discusses the value of men in the development of a spiritually vibrant home. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Oh,